Okay, if you'll turn to page five in the handouts, we're going to just give a quick recap from the beginning of this tshuva. Uh, this topic is, unfortunately, Nagea. We hope it's not Nagea to anybody listening, but the Shadow does come up. And for the understanding of the sugya, I hope it doesn't come up. For the understanding, it's very important because we already know by heart, that only the Father pays. And you'll see from here that there are many exceptions. And part of the um, challenge here is figuring out what the son is to do. And if he doesn't do it, he's getting somebody else to do it who has to pay, which is going to be crucial over here. And I'll explain as we go along. Sternbach is talking about here in Simon Tuff Mem Dalid, page 5, the issue of whether or not a son has to be Mason Efesh, the daughter would have to also, but if she's married, it's up to the son-in-law, and if he's giving about it, which he should be, then it would be her Shaila as well. And the son was making the claim that he would like to, but it's too difficult, and he won't have time for his family, and insinuated it might create a bit of a Shalom Bayes issue, and the wife is not up to it, it's not her direct chiv, it's her in-laws, and... Maybe it should be putter, it's similar to more than a fifth of the assets, which is quite a claim, and it could be possible. Sturmbach told him very strongly, as a matter of fact, that before you give it up, understand that this is not one mitzvah, this is hundreds of mitzvahs a week. And Sturmbach said, the last line we saw last night, which I think is an interesting chiddish, he says he's not convinced that a fifth of the assets even works over here. It's fascinating. He thinks maybe since this is maybe over here it would be more. I haven't seen any other Peskin say it that far, but he is toying with the idea. At the end of the day, I believe that Sturmach would agree with the other Peskin that discuss it and the many contemporary Peskin discuss this difficult decision. And I think everybody agrees that one should not be quick to give up any mitzvah, certainly keep it of aim. And one also has to know that the Shalom Bayis, if it's extreme enough in terms of the problems that it can create, there was not a room in the house. And part of his chiv is to supply a house for his wife, part of his shibudim, and the children. If it's really going to upset the apple cart, then he's not mechuyiv. We don't assume he's mechuyiv, even if it's the equivalent of tsar, more than a fifth of the assets. And that's a balancing act, which is very circumstantial, and one has to have a full appreciation of the sugi, keep it away first before they ask the shayla, or if they don't have it, the person who's answering the shayla should make them aware, as Rav Sternbuch is mentioning in this tshuva, how important the stakes are, and what a schus it is, and sometimes in life we try to avoid one tircha. Chavaz Chaim's famous, he says, whatever nigzah Rosh Hashanah, in terms of tircha and aggravation, is going to happen one way or another. I'd rather have it through mitzvahs. should be through the chesed, the mitzvahs that I do. That's a crucial yesoid in all areas of Vedas Hashem. We're always trying to figure out ways to beat the system. And it doesn't work at all. With that said, there is a Pesach that if on paper the house is too small or she's just not willing to help out because she can't handle it, the relationship, or the children, or whatever is going on, or he's keeping 16 hours a day at work, then there is room for option B, in which case you have to find an appropriate setting, which he's going to discuss right now. If that is going to have to be the choice, who pays for that? Now, I'm going to first dive back in and read you the next paragraph, and I'm going to read it slowly and explain to you what the inherent 
Suffolk is. Uh, the fourth paragraph, the final paragraph in the second column on page five. Mew. If the choice is made and he is going to be set up in a place not in the children's house, but uh, one of the children's houses, one of the children's homes, but uh, a nursing home or some situation where an aide is going to be off-site, so to speak, Notice how he says there has to be excellent care, obviously. He says then the child has to pay if the father doesn't have. Now, step back for a moment. Why does he say, most places can agree with this in some form, why does he say Kishain Lav? If we pass in, he's about to quote the story with Abhayim, with the walking from Warsaw to Brisk, which we will get back into after this, but if you remember the aside of the story, which he's going to quote from the Biskarov without quoting the whole story yet, he's going to quote in the end of the tshuva, uh, the fellow had asked the Rab Chaim, who, assuming they were standing in Brisk, uh, my father in Warsaw is sick and I have to visit him, but the train ticket's expensive and he's not going to reimburse me and it's an expense for me and we pass him, Michel Ben, on my partner from going. So Abhaim said, you're absolutely right. You definitely don't have to pay for the train. You should walk. Now, I checked out how far Wasser was from Brisk. Today, you can simple um, GPS and have it made. I think uh, it was a while ago, 130 miles, something like that. It was more than 100 miles. Now, I wasn't there. People walk before trains, before horse and buggy, people are poor. They can walk, I don't know, 20 miles a day? 30 miles a day? Max? That's fast. It's a fast clip. So we're talking about walking for many, many days. So what did Reb Chaim mean? So I would have thought the story is giving a muster, like, don't be a shaita, chutzpah, yeah, yeah, father needs you to visit. You're discussing, uh, we paskim me shalav, uh, I'm not going to get reimbursed, maybe I'm potter. But nobody quotes the story. He quotes the story. They all quote the story in halacha. I'm asking a kasha and a maisa, literally. But they all quote it. And 100 plus miles, the long way. Now, I, I mentioned this at the table of Ashulis. My shver was here. You all uh, saw. And he said, I grew up in McKeesport, which I think I mentioned before. McKeesport is a suburb of Pittsburgh. There are many from Yidin there at the time. It's in the 1940s. And I remember there was a gentleman who walked from McKeesport to New York. I thought he was, when he first told me this, he said, walk from McKeesport to New York? That makes war sort of brisk like a walk in the park. McKeesport? I had, Washington's 300 miles, 400 miles. I mean, just, that's, uh, so I don't know if it means he walked the entire way because it would take him weeks. But he said he remembered. He like left and came back a long time later. He walked in both directions. I said, on major highways? He said, no, they had a route. Do you remember the name of the route? They went through cities, like a smaller highway. They went to, uh, yeah, and, um, and he walked. So I said, why did he walk? This is the 1940s. Maybe his early 50s. He said, why did he walk? He couldn't afford a train ticket. People didn't have money. So I said, okay. So that, I, I was assuming that's what... It's very important to know the historical background over here because I would have thought that I'm not alone that if nobody but nobody walks, if it's just not an option, then Rab Chaim wouldn't tell him, you should walk. You want to take a train? That's your luxury. So you pay. What does that do with the Sugi Mishalav? That's what Rab Chaim was telling him. That's how he interprets the story. 
That's what the Biskov used to say it over. So that's only true if walking is some option somewhere for somebody. So, Shreya says that uh, there's somebody who walked to McKeesport to New York. Part of the way, most of the way. So in 1905, 1910, I don't know when the Shreya was asked. So uh, people walked. We're going to discuss this because it has a lot of nafkaminas, but the understanding is, is that if Batsam, you're to do something, but you don't want to do it because for you it's a tercha, and you want to pay, and now you want to say, well, for keep it up, so we pass Kemishalah, why should I pay? The point of the story is that's not push it because really it's your chiv. You want to take the easy way out, so you pay. Now, let's break up a nursing home scenario into what goes into the price tag. Rent, which a father would have to pay, he's got to pay rent somewhere. Okay, maybe it's higher, but let's uh, paying rent, food, okay? <coughs> Everything is marked up, and people have to make a panasa, but at least these two categories of Paskin Takamishalav. But then there's a third component that you're paying for the care, the aids, or whatever it is, assuming there's no medical things that have to be done that the son couldn't do anyway. So then that part, I would think, based on the story, the son can really do it at home. He ties the tircha, he can't do this, so then let him pay. I'm putting this in now because he doesn't make a chilek, but I will, as we go along, show you some Paiskim who do make such a chilek. And I think that even if you understand the story, that everybody is understanding the story with Abchayim, that whatever you could do is your chiv, if you're not doing it out of convenience, then you pay the difference, then fine. But this, this is a very important kudu for the story. I hope it's never going to get to anybody, but this is very important. So I'm going nice and slow. I have, have Makarius to prove this point over the next week or so, and we will get to it one by one. Yes? Well, the classic case of the man is the father wants me to go shopping. He's young, healthy, he's doing me a favor. On the way home, can you stop shopping? I want to, so what do you need? Take down the list. So on his way home, because the park and ride, whatever he is, comes to three dollars worth of groceries, so there's nothing chuspadik, leaving the bill on the table, hoping, hoping somebody notices it, and getting paid back. Because you did the keep it of him. You went schlepping, you carried the bags, you came in it, came in and you, you bought it, you put it on the table. Mishalab so, means let him pay. I'm breaking it up is that you could tie in a, look, the father's living somewhere now, so instead of paying the rent over here, I'll pay the rent over here. He's got to have food, so pay the food. No, so I'm telling the son should still pay for the amount that goes into the bill in a nursing home of the aides and those who are taking him here, there, down the hall, that the son should be doing if he's living at home, his son or the daughter. And he says, I don't want to do it at home, and it's over there, so who pays? So Ashtamba just, he's being more makel. He's saying, if he goes to a good place, so near on the second line, so I'm saying, what do you mean, love? And if a father has money, why shouldn't the son pay part of his bill? Part of the bill is that the son would be walking him here, there, and everywhere down the hallways. Now he's, you're paying for that in a nursing home. He's being more makel. Let me understand what I'm, what I'm getting out of this. I'm a little surprised. His discussion here is going to be when the father has no money. If the father has money, he can handle the nursing home bill, so let, he could pay. And that's Mishalab and Tobat. I don't know why that's such a sweeping statement. That's what I'm raising now. And if the father has no money, he shouldn't be using Hitstock, at least for part of the bill. Two thirds of it, maybe he can. The Briskarov, who is coming off of this story, which he's going to quote soon. If it's not Be'etzem, you're Chiyuv, you're not Chiyuv, you're not Chiyuv, you're not Chiyuv, you're not Chiyuv, 
You're here to do the shlapping. You went shopping, you brought the packages in, and we passed him a shalav. But really, it's your chiv to macheo, mashkeo, malicho. That's mamish the spitz kibbut of aim. Mashalim rabadeli potem ilasa begufo, and you're just paying because you're not doing it. Tzarech mishaloi. That you shouldn't be taking from stucco. Sheinu mashalim avorav elavratzma li potem ichayvoi. Alkein chay medina b'schar kiv sheinu b'shvilavi velkadei lifter gufo lachein. Therefore, in our case, kan shachayv medina lachnis lebeisa. Really, you should take him into his own house. He's claiming it's going to be too difficult, and the wife, and the kids, and the space. Okay, so you can't do it, you can't do it. But bad time, it's your chiv, and you want to go to work, so you don't want to come every day and take him for a walk. So you're going to do that in the next home, and they're going to charge for that, because that's part of their general care. So why aren't you showing up every day? You have a job, but we learned in the Machaber, a job is in the tour. If you have to miss work, or miss closing deals, Machaber seems to say you have to miss it unless your mom is out of money. Uh, if you have no money for that day, you're chayev. Ramesha, if you saw, if you remember, we saw in the Dibbis that he says maybe you're allowed to keep the job, it's to have some ruba, but you have to be meithenefesh for this, and he's not doing it. Somebody else is doing it, and if they're doing a good job, then fine. Question is, who pays for that? So he says if the father has money, the father pays, but if he doesn't, then you should be taking it from stockers. I find that an interesting split decision. Because if it's the kid's chiv, then why should the father pay it all even if he has money? That's, that's my question, which I don't have a good answer to, and I, and I actually have rayas that, that that's not the case. And then he goes on to say, So that's an interesting chiddush to kula. This whole thing is pretty machmer in the kid. But Rosh himself is saying, if the father has money, there was never a chiv on the kid. I'm just wondering, why not? Never a chiv on the kid for the rent of the food and for the taking care of and walking him and taking him where he has to go. So why isn't that basic keep it of aim? So he's assuming not so, which is after he said the last paragraph, you have to be willing to pay and sire more than 50 of your assets. It's a pretty big humor. Now he's saying a big kula if the father has money and Lamaisa, right or wrong, he's in. There is home now, so then if he has the money, he has to pay. So I find that to be an interesting uh, kula, but that's what he's mentioning. Yes? In the case that the rub was splitting it up between the necessities like food and uh, lodging, and then the extra expenses, but at that point, if the father needs full time me- uh, medical help, doesn't that become. So, so that's a Shiloh. What does you have to define full time medical help? If the nursing home is, an, is a type of facility where they have um, yeah, a respirator there, and they have all these things, and you couldn't do that at home, and they have the machinery, and you couldn't even pay for that. They're set up for that. Then in a khanami, that wasn't the son's chiv in the first place. The father has no money, use that money. There's in between, there's like assisted living, there's different levels, and assisted living means they have staff on the floor to be able to come in, help out, and, but Baruch Hashem, it's nothing major medically. If he was home, the son would be doing that. So that's, I'm wondering, that, and, and there's some, see, he obviously was not so, but there's some who will split it up, and I will, I will show you that. Father can afford it, then the father can pay. And that's his kula. Miu. Case in between, the father has the money, but he's very nervous about money. Very insecure. And he has the money, back of his mind, he knows he has it, and the child knows he has it, but he doesn't think he has enough, and he doesn't want to spend it, but he really needs this care. 
So then he mentions briefly what we spent a long time on, the Tshuva's Chavaz That is that uh, don't make him feel uncomfortable and if the kid has the money, spend the money, but write it down and let two them know that you're going to take it back if it's there to avoid a fight later, which is what he says. Rakshut Sar Ayin al He's very nervous about it now. Go to page six. And he feels it's an unnecessary expense. And he needs it. He needs it for medical reasons. He really needs the care. Then he can take it off the top of the Yerusha. This is to avoid the whole Chavaz scenario where he didn't mention it and then he sort of told the siblings afterwards and there was a whole Machlekes and I say he wanted the entire anyway, but to avoid it. And then he'll take it afterwards. Certainly, the fact that the father's nervous about money, don't just leave it at that and not get the care he needs. Spend the money, make sure he gets the care he needs. If it's his money and he understands it, use his, and that's fine straight away on all three components. And if not, then you spend it and then get it back. And if nobody, and if he doesn't have any money at all, so then. He's saying you can't use that part from Stucco, the part that he would be doing himself, which doesn't include the medical, heavy the medical necessarily, and the uh, room and the uh, board and things like that, that you can use. Remember the Ramah says, Tavu Meira, somebody used Meiser money for a parent. Tavu Meira doesn't mean Usser, means a klala, which is pretty bad. When this child comes to me, unfortunately, I tell them if um, we have a long discussion about the finances, if there's no other way to do it, then you've got to get it done, then spend your Meiser money. Another way is another way, yeah. The son doesn't have money the father has, That's this case in the middle. So, so the son, well, the son should get a loan, whatever. They should figure out a way to spend it without telling him. If it becomes a constant function, you've got to spend it, uh, you know. Uh, not really. You can use stock, you can borrow from an uh, organization and pay it back. No reason to use stock. Father has $5 million in the bank, but he's nervous about it. That's not a crazy scenario. That, that, I, I dealt with that. He's, he's nervous, and, and you can't explain it. You explain it, you just can't explain it, and it's driving crazy. So then just get a hold of the money if you can, and pay as you go along. If an organization to do it, it's going to be hard, because Lamaisa, they probably have other fires to put out, but somebody in the family has got to have money somewhere, and they'll let them figure it out. Yeah? So, Mikadin, a, a child is responsible for his father again. So, Midin slash aim. If the parents don't have, then yes, we spent uh, go back a little bit. We there were quite a few shirim. It's absolutely his chiyuv divided with the siblings. Maybe those afford more, a little more, or less. But yes, it's, it's absolutely their chiyuv. And then he tells us this ma'isa from Chaim, which we mentioned where the brisker rope is coming from in the parentheses. So does he have to spend the money on the train ticket? He says, you're 100% right, just walk. And I believe it was about 130 miles, if I remember correctly. And um, that's now on the highways. Maybe it was even harder than. You want to take a train, so that's your problem. So then you pay for the train. Um, we're going to get back to this because it's very Nagaya. I, I think I mentioned this. I've had people ask me in time about plane tickets. Parents live on the West Coast, the East Coast, and it's straw, plane tickets start adding up, and the children are a man of means. Uh, can they ask for the money? Do we pass the damage? So 
according to the way I'm understanding the story, nobody walks to California. Nobody even takes a train to California unless you're sightseeing. It's just not, it's a very slow way to go. So what are the options over here? Stagecoaches have been out for a long time. People fly. So I'm not doing something for my car. Really? I could have walked. Bob choosing to fly because I want my, my, want my comfort. That's not the shot. So I, I will show you next week. I have a Shlomo Zaman that talks about Meva Layam where you physically can't walk. And he says, yeah, that's posh, but I don't think he limited to that. I think it means that if nobody's walking and it's to California, it's just dangerous to walk. Imagine taking major interstates and walking. It's just dangerous. Nobody does it. And I think Arsalma Zalman would agree that since you're not doing it for comfort. Now, if you could fit into a coach seat and you fly first, that you can't bill. Because that's the Swapchayim. That's why it puzzles me. 130 miles to Warsaw sounds like a lot, but if people are walking from McKeesport in the 1940s, they could have been doing in 1910, who knows what, and it's a shorter distance. So uh, did you uh, check the 130? Uh, it's about 130 miles, am I remembering correctly? 115, 115, okay, and I know it was more than 100. So that's a lot of walking. Especially, by the way, in that case, if the father was sick, I don't know exactly what the scenario was, but it sounded like from the story, and it takes him like nine days to get there, he could be, Mahmoud eight days too late. So I don't think Rab Chaim was advocating <laughs> not take a train. I think he was just trying to show him that might see you could walk. This last point is going to be a debatable issue, which we will I'll show you different scenarios. Because if you can't walk because you get there too late, then it's not an option. Then Rab Chaim should say, of course, take a train. We pass yourself. I have another reason why the father should not have to pay, and I'll get to that as we go along. He mentions the end. And he mentions our original Shaila. Do you have to go for any mitzvah to a different city far off? Remember the Chayodim says, not necessarily. If it's far, we saw that piece. And interestingly enough, fascinating piece of history. Rab Chaim himself debated this issue when he met the Chaznish. Fascinating. I would have loved to be there. I uh, listened to that. Uh, they, they didn't, the conversation came up, the Chayadim, they were probably debating, Halach Halamaisa, Shamati Shagrach Mi Brizdan, Rabbeinu Chaznish, Kishen Ifkishu, Biminsk Bamachama. During World War I, they were together in Minsk, and they were talking and learning, and they were discussing this, and Sarach Medina Linda Lira Acheris, it's probably no Gay Lamaisa, because it's very hard to get in peacetime, let alone during the war, and they're probably discussing. Do you have to go to another city and how far do you have to make So I imagine this wasn't Stama discussion, it was probably Nagelamaisa. A lot of famous Shailas that came up during the war years. Famous Shaila with the Khamar Medina, I believe it was with the Biskarov. With uh, with milk for Abrakasis. I mean wild stuff that we can't we can't imagine, but that was the reality. And he says, that we discussed it, but I get all mitzvahs, and he points out again, and maybe even if we would hold like the Chayadim over there, maybe I keep it away, you have to do more, and that's his leaning. But he opens the, uh, the question and leaves it a bit open. He says, and over here, when it comes to plane tickets, that's really going to make, make a difference, which we will uh, get. I'm not going to hand out the next piece, but I will uh, just introduce it. And we'll continue with it next week. He has one more tshuva. 
As you know, before we even start this chuva, you have one more thing in your set, which I'm going to, I want to take care of anyway. An interesting side child, again, Akasha and Amaisa in the story. But everybody brings down the story. It must be, not every story is so authoritative. This was said over apparently by the Biskarov and others, and everybody knew that it took place as it said. Go to page eight for a moment. And he brings an interesting Shaila on this story again, literally a Kashan Amaisa, which normally you don't do. You see in the bottom of the page, page eight. We saw this Ramah. You remember the Ramah says that if a father takes a son to a din terror, son could also take a father to a din terror, but uh, certainly a last resort. The father takes a son to a din terror, you have a tavei and a nitva. Who normally has to go to whose city? Very important din. Ruvain Su Shimon in Chicago. Where's the din terror? Anybody know? Chicago. You go off to the Nitzvah. Bad enough you're suing him. <laughs> Please give him the luxury of having uh, his son. If, if he's, you're suing him, he lives in Des Moines, Iowa, and there's no base in there. Okay, so you've got to pick a city. But normally you have to go off to the Nitzvah. The Ramah, if you recall, says that the father is Taveya the son, and normally you go up to the Nitzvah, the father lives in New York, the son lives in Chicago. And normally he gets the demand, the Din is in Chicago. Here, Mitam Kibir of Aim, the son has to come to New York. That's what Ramah says in the first line. Then the Ramah adds, however, the father has to pay the travel expenses. Now think about this overnight. Because the obvious kasha which he raises over here is, as I understand, but Chaim says that if you could walk, walk, and you can't charge for the expenses, assuming it's not Meivar Yam and assuming it's something that is doable, or some people did, which is my shot in the story. And apparently people were poor and they used to walk a lot. Why should the son be able to build for this if he's doing it for keep it of aim and however he comes, nothing beats walking in terms of the price, can't beat free. You can say, well, he's got to pay for food along the way. He's got to eat if he were home anyway. We in business take that off as travel expenses. <laughs> but that's a little schwer. Funny the IRS allows that. that we're okay with it. But uh, you've got to eat anyway. Okay, it's so a cost more to buy at a rest stop. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about paying the coach or the train or whatever it is. And it says the son has to go to New York even though he's in Itva. But the father has to pay. Why does the father have to pay? That's the question he asks. Think about that because there's some interesting answers. Remind me we're up to this and then we'll see the other chuva next week as well in the